The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. We're glad you found us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad you could tune in. I read a great quote recently from a very popular podcaster named Tim Ferriss, who said, people would rather be unhappy than uncertain. And I thought, wow, that is so true because people just don't want to feel those feelings. They don't want to be unhappy. So many people I know are afraid of change. That really makes them unhappy, but we can't fight it. I mean, life is all about change and transition and the ways we handle it are so important. My guest today, Elizabeth Hamilton Guarino, has written an amazing book that can help us move through change and transition with grace. It's called The Change Guidebook, and this is a great tool for taking steps to move forward and become our bravest and boldest selves. And Elizabeth is the founder of the Best Ever You Network and co-founder of Compliance 4, And through these companies, she has helped individuals and organizations around the world be their best and achieve excellence. And she's also a radio host, a published author, and offers coaching and masterclasses on her site, besteveryou.com. And I'm so happy to reconnect with her. So thanks for taking the time, Elizabeth, and joining me today. Diane, thank you for the opportunity. It's wonderful to chat with you. And and, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for all the nice words you just said. I love that quote from Tim. Yeah, that's a good one because people are just so afraid of change. And I have so many friends that fight with this. And (laughs) a good friend of mine is like, I I laugh when I think about it because she's so afraid of change. And I'm like, okay, Billy, you can do this. And she wanted to change her her living room and and repaint. She's like, oh, I repainted. I changed it. And it was the same color. Like she couldn't change anything. (laughs) She just, she made it look a little newer but, you know, change is hard for people. I mean, they just really have a, a difficult time with it. And that's why your book is is so important, I think. And I've been working my way through it. It's full of amazing exercises. It's very experiential. But let's start out just talking a little bit about the fear of change. You know, why it's so important to learn to embrace it. Yeah. I always say, I, if I had a bumper sticker that said, hey, let's make some changes on my card, never be like in traffic again or anything. Um, it's just people, it's not a topic people love to talk about. So I'm here to bring the topic to the surface and, and have some fun with it and change people's perspective about change. And I think the book really, really does a, a, personable job of that through the 10 points of change that are in the book. And it helps people make change or cope or adapt to unforeseen circumstances. So it, it covers, it covers most points of, of change that we go through uh, in a, in a way that isn't so scary. 
you don't need to be scared reading this book. It's, it's a, you can give it a hug. You'll be all right. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's very, uh, very readable. It's, it's not overwhelming or like beating no. people over the head with things. And you include a lot of great inspirational stories from real people and clients. And I really like that because that's how I learn a lot of times is reading other people's stories. And I think it, it resonates. And when you were putting this together, or were these people that you had worked with or their friends or clients, like how did you get all those great stories? Yeah, they're all pals. That's, I think that's the cool part. You know, I, I let everybody know I was going to write another book. And I said, you know, I've got this idea. I would love for 10 to 20 people to contribute a story for it. And then people say, well, what do you want me to write about? <laughs> and, you know, you have to have an answer for that when you ask something of someone. And so I, I said, well, one of the points of change. And so I, I kind of assigned the, the kind of topic to each person. And then they came back with their story. And it was a lot. It was, you know, a good five, six months collecting those stories from people and editing them, of course, because everybody writes different. But, you know, we have people in there like, you know, former U.S. Senator Olympia Snow. We have Dr. Ivan Meisner. We have Sally Huss, who's written 100 children's books. Uh, we have Quade Garino. That name might sound familiar. That's I my saw that. Son. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what a riot and, uh, it was to put this book together. And, you know, they. what I love about it is it really, it really helps us as the reader, you know, let, not the writer, the reader, see all the different ways that people digest change. If you just it read does. all those stories, yeah, they're all different approaches. And do you think change and resilience go hand in hand? Oh, yes, I, I really do. I think, again, that goes back to the perspective of change. You can have a growth mindset or you can sort of have a closed, sort of have a closed mindset. And I love to work with people to open their mindset up to growth and change and opportunity and thinking. Um, instead of thinking so much in their in their heads, try and move people to think with their heart. And that really changes the way you look at things. Right. And you talk about that in, in the first point or the first chapter. So the, the book is divided into three focus areas, which are align your heart, align your truths, and align your energy. And there's 10 chapters total, very experiential. Um, but the first point, you know, talking about aligning with your heart, um, how how did you do that? Like, how did you get to the point where you could really get quiet and listen and really align with your, your heart? Yeah. Well, I'm a human being who has nearly lost their life a few times. And, uh, I'm, I'm above the age of 10 and have a true peanut tree nut allergy along with fish and shellfish. So I have four life-threatening food allergies that I live with, um, and try to stay alive and thrive with. And it really took losing my life on a couple of occasions, you know, nearly losing my life on a couple of, of occasions to get that perspective. And what I'm hoping is that people don't have to go through something like that to get that perspective. I'm hoping the book sort of provides it without having to go through something traumatic like that. And uh, so I, I, I really root my own life deeply in gratitude and go from there. And people really need to take the time to become a little more self-aware and self-reflection. It, it's so important. And you write about this in the book that, you know, people can get sidetracked for years doing things they don't want to do and <laughs> pleasing people and doing things for other people. And is this one of the first things that you work with people on is, you know, really getting clear on 
on what they want. You know, what is it? What is it you really want? What is it that's going to make you happy? And then take those steps. I do. And uh, I think that's really, really important. Um, points one and two of the book are are so important. Assess and choose. And, and assess is part of that, where you're trusting your heart. You're thinking about your self-awareness. And, and you said self-reflection, uh, of course. And you examine the, the truth uh, from your heart-based thinking. That's really what we want people to do is just go from their heads to their heart and have a really authentic conversation with themselves uh, and and really figure out what it is that makes you you, you authentically you. We need more of you out there. We don't need fake you. We need real you, and we need you. Uh, and, and getting people to really feel comfy in their own skin and understand that we need you uh, is a is sometimes a challenge. It is. And you talk about feel like in the literal sense, because I think back on on choices and changes in, in my own life, points of transition. And, you know, I've, I've always tried to be quiet and, and think, how does this feel? You know, does this feel right? Should I make this move? Should I take this job? And you even have an exercise where you want people to, you know, to really feel it in their heart. So yes. it's really kind of making that mind body connection, right? To not disassociate yourself from those gut feelings or heart feelings. Yeah, what I absolutely, what I encourage people to do is just remember their value and and their self-worth, their self-love and, you know, all that self-talk and bring it right into their heart and give yourself a hug and really trust your heart because your heart speaks if you listen to it. It'll tell you exactly what it is that you need to do or want to do, but you have to not ignore it. That's the trick. That's we the key ignore- so, so often we ignore it, right? I've, I've done it to my own peril a lot of times, yeah. you know, and we made bad our- choices. Yeah, we ignore our heart thinking, oh, this is just an emotion. Let me disregard it. I've been hurt before, whatever it is. And actually when you're, you know, your heart will scream at you probably louder than anything to tell you what, what to do, your heart and your gut and your, you know, but, but oftentimes we ignore it and go right back into our head and think, 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 think. we chart, we plan, we tree to sit in a decision tree. We, we do all these things and really we know, and that's what I'm trying to get people to pay attention to. Right. Because you really do know if you get you down do to it and, and really pay attention. Yeah. Many, many times change only happens after a big loss or life transition. I've seen this with a lot of people too, and yeah. a death in the family divorce, when you're kind of forced to make a change. You might've known something was, was going on. I mean, obviously not in a sudden death or something like that, but sometimes, right. you know, you know, there's something happening. You just don't want to change it. You're kind of happy with the status quo. How can people reframe these experiences to be more positive and act as a catalyst rather than an anchor? You know, when there's a big change and sometimes you're just stuck, you know, you can't move when you could really use it to propel you into something better. Yeah, we're going to unpack that a little bit uh, because there's <laughs> there's a lot right there. It's big, yeah. And and I think unpacking that is really important for us when we feel that way because you can feel stuck, you can feel sad, you can be grieving. You know, all sorts of things come with change to make it feel like you know it's this huge, you know, daunting negative thing. But if you stop and breathe and sort of refocus into your heart. Think about things from your heart base, but just go right back to your heart and go through these steps of change. 
uh, it will guide you. I, pr- I promise. We, um, my best friend through, um, her name is Chris Fuller. Her, her story is in the book. Uh, she lost her husband during COVID to stage four colon cancer, completely unexpected. We were, in fact, we were learned, you know, we learned, we met in a group of like 400,000 women to learn Zoom of all things and, you know, to get better at it. And we were Zooming one day and, and I just kind of jokingly said, gosh, has that been in the background? Wow, he's really lost a lot of weight. What diet is that? She's like, oh, you don't want this diet. We're going to go into the doctor to see if he has an ulcer. And the ulcer turned out to be stage four colon cancer. And we have navigated using at some time, intentionally using sometimes these points of change to bring her through this process of losing her husband and grieving and, you know, and it's bumpy and it's sad and it's, it's so many different things. Um, so that can be a, a very unforeseen circumstance and a way to, to pull through change. Um, you mentioned stuck. Uh, so many things can make us feel stuck like that little hamster wheel going round and round and round and round and round. And again, if you go back and you think about your heart, your truths and your energy, when you feel stuck, it's a big calling to take an action, to do something different. And just kind of taking that baby step off that hamster wheel to just do one thing different can completely change the trajectory. And, I really love small changes. Um, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, I like <laughs> I'll this. Give a weight loss. I'll give a little, weight loss one. Yeah, oh, little baby steps. You know, yeah. I think people will get excited about the possibility. Oh, I, I, I want to do this. I want to change. And, you know, then they're all, all into it. But then they get overwhelmed because they think yeah. they have to make this whole total, you know, redo overnight or over like a week. And yeah, so I think that's important to tell people, you know, baby steps, change one thing. What's one thing I can do? Yeah. And, and people will love this book for that because we give actual examples of people changing one thing at a time and holding the change for like a month before they introduce another change and doing that, those two changes for 60 days and, and so forth to have results like lose over a hundred pounds. And, um, we, like one gal I worked with, uh, we, she lost over a hundred pounds and her very first change was to keep everything she was doing, right? Which we knew what she was doing. There was some honest stuff there, but her change was she began drinking only water. That one change, we had to do a little detox on a certain, on a few things, but just by, just by changing what she was drinking and not changing anything else, she took off 20 pounds. Right. Or giving up soda, you know, like that one thing. Okay. I'm not going to drink any more Coke, any more, you know, soft drinks. So yeah, making small changes can, can be huge. Yeah. And I love to think about it differently instead of like, what do I have to give up? What's going to make me more sad and stuck and all this stuff. I like to add instead. So I'm like, you can keep kind of doing what you're doing, but we're going to add a lot of water or you keep doing what we're, you're doing, but I'm going to add three cups of vegetables to your diet. So I add things instead of like being mistakeaway because that makes you very unpopular very fast when you take away somebody's pizza and they love it. Right, right. <laughs> then it's harder to stick to it. And then you're kind of back in that spiral where you're feeling guilty, you're beating yourself up and the, the negative self-talk will continue. It so does, that's yeah. really a great point to success 
is to not overwhelm overwhelm yourself, right? And just take those small steps. Oh my gosh, yeah. And there's there's nothing more profound than the last like the last week of the year and the first week of the year where everybody's like, okay, by February first, I'm going to be a new year, new me, and I'm going to change forty things, and wow, you know, I'm going to be a supermodel or whatever it is. You know, all of a sudden, everything about you is going to change. And about twenty days into January people start to look around and go, okay, I'm really sick of doing all 40 things at once. And the things start to drop off. And so I think it's really important, especially if I could guide people in the in the new year around their birthday, just pick one tiny thing and make that change until February 1st. Then pick another tiny thing and make that change and the other one until March. Pick another thing in, you know, in, in, fe- in February. Pick another thing in March. By the end of March or beginning of April, you will have three changes that you held for 90 days. Right. That's great. You know, I'm curious, how has over the past, you know, year and a half, two years that we've been dealing with this pandemic situation, you know, we've all had to embrace a lot of change in our lives very quickly. You know, what have you seen in your clients? Have a lot of people used this time to really make beneficial changes or have there have been as many people that have felt stuck or powerless. How have you worked with people, I guess, during this time? We've worked with people very delicately because every, even, even, you know, we're all people, we're all human and uh, we all are navigating this together. And so we've gone case by case with people and what they need and really stopped and put on the listening gear big time. That's the one big thing we've done. And sometimes people are like, I don't need any more change right now. This has been plenty. Thank you. (laughs) But still there are things changing and you do still need to keep going and make changes and so forth. Life doesn't stop just because of this, as we all know. Um, You know, in fact, a lot of things were even amplified. Um, It wasn't like, you know, there were a lot of people who were already, for example, sick with something and then COVID hit and it didn't stop the sickness in progress. You know, it, it, just so many things to deal with. So I really feel for people right now. So I'd say tender kid gloves, delicate, kindness, compassionate, everything applied to anyone who has called. And it's all, Diana, answer your question. It's really all over the map. It's people yeah. who are just, I think many, many, many people needed, I don't, I just, I still can't figure out how to say this appropriately. So, um, there's a pause involved here and you can either how you adapt to that pause is very telling. And a lot of people use the time to learn, to get degrees, to do all these things. And a lot of people get stuck and feel sad and lonely and people are all different. And so I think that's why it's important to just apply a lot of compassion to people right now. Yes, absolutely. If you don't, you know, apply compassion, love, compassion, self-love, self-care, Take really good care of yourself right now. And we all had this. Um, I, I know I did. Yeah. I, well, I, I was I, thinking, um, I mean, it really, <laughs> what you're saying, it, it makes so much sense because it really is kind of all over the map. Like if I look at even just people and, and friends in my own circle, like I have some people that have been just really anxious over this whole thing. Some people yeah. who have lost jobs, you know, yep. had to make changes uh, where there's other people that were like, this was the best time ever. You know, they actually loved it because it gave them permission to stop, you know, doing whatever they were doing and commutes and yeah, all of that gives it really 
it really makes you think really long and hard if you if you have the moment if you have the opportunity to do so about how you're spending your time. Exactly. It and I think a lot you, of people to hit that point. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that I wrote a lot about aligning your energy here because um, there are many, many ways we get pulled in you know all sorts of different directions. And if you know if your life feels like that three ring circus, you know you're the ringmaster, and you go where you place your energy. So it's very important for you to have have a grip on that, and you're in charge for the most right. part. Yes, that's true. I mean, of course, there's always things that might yeah. come up that you have no control over, right. but. It it made me think, and that's why your book, you know, coming out out now when we've been through so much change and transition, it's really perfect that your you know your book is coming out now. <laughs> it's like we need this, you know, we, we really need this information. You know, I I'm really proud of this book. If I hadn't written this book and it was in the bookstore or whatever, I'd pick it up and use it, and I'd give it a big hug because it's not it it isn't like oh I just went through so much change I don't need that right now it's like oh we just went through so much change I need this right now because it's going to guide you and sort of make sense of it it really guides you through the the book is a masterclass actually in change you have the opportunity to get a certificate a masterclass yes in that's the book right. if you if you want to you can be a change guidebook masterclass um guru if you want yeah <laughs> and, that's amazing uh, yeah, it's been really fun to to write it that write it from that point of view too. So you can you can do whatever you want with this book. You can use it for your book club. You can use it and get a, a master class certification. You can um, use it to apply compassion to yourself. You can use it to um, relate. I think that's I related to a lot of the stories. I'm like, oh yep, yeah. I did too. Uh, I, there was a lot of them that that jumped out and just sometimes the awe of looking at someone who, wow, there was one, I think her name was Lisa that you yep, know, she Lisa. had all these uh, health challenges and, and challenges with cancer and things like that. And I'm like, wow, you know, the, the resilience of people and, and how they handle things yeah, is, is really Minikowski, incredible. Breast cancer survivor um, during, you know, during this period of time and, and uh, yeah, amazing story of, of resilience. Um, Went, she's a model and actress and, and uh, just an amazing story. I don't want to give the story totally away. I, mean, yeah, I, don't I want people to, talk to read about it. my stories fully yet. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, she's, she's a brave soul and um, I'm really proud of her. I, I think her story will be very comforting and very mo uh, motivating and inspirational to many. It was. It was to me when I read it. Yeah, and people, if they want to find out about the certification or dig a little bit deeper into that, they can get all this information on your site at besteveryou.com and they can check that yeah. out there. And we have a landing page for um, the certification. We have extra copies of the exercises if you don't like to write in the book. So it's besteveryou.com forward slash change guidebook. And uh, yeah, we've got... Yeah, the certification, the extra uh, extra copies of the exercises, like I said. And then I think what I'm going to do, too, is add add the people who contributed to the book so you can connect with them if you want to in our network. So I think people might love that. I think so. Everybody wants to, you know, talk to somebody who's been there or to get yeah. advice, you know, real advice from people and also make friends and, and reach out. Sometimes we're as connected as we are. I think a lot of times we're more apart 
than ever, yeah. you know, cause we're not physically able to be with as many people as we'd like, unfortunately. Yeah. And I- yeah, and I strive to connect everybody together. I that's that's one of my passions in life is to really I don't like it when I hear people are lonely or sad or anything like that. And and if that's if that's one thing that this book's do this book does is connect us together more, uh, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That's a big hope for this. Yeah, that'll that'll be a great byproduct, I'm sure. And I'm sure I it'll happen so. once people start getting into it. And and there was a lot of things that came up for me as I was reading through it and, and kind of working with some of the exercises. And I think it's so funny that you address uh people that don't want to write in their books. <laughs> you don't <laughs> yeah. have to write in it and, and highlight no. it. And some people love doing that and they're there with the yellow highlighter. But people can um download uh, yeah. PDFs of the exercises and things like that. If they don't want to actually physically deface their their copy, yeah, um, yeah. Or you know, if you need to, if you do that, and then you need to buy another copy, I'm all good with that too. But I did put the <laughs> I did put the exercises out there. We we hemmed and hawed about it, and I'm like, no, you know, I don't know that I'd want to do that because what if I want to use this book multiple times um, or give it to a friend or something like that? And I've written all over it, so. Um, people are all different, but it is, um, it's a six by nine book. So it is big enough that you could write in it if you want to. You have that you're giving permission. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> write in it all you want. That would be really neat actually. Um, you know, oh, you know, as we get more into this to see what, you know, what people have marked and, you know, dog-eared and you know, all that good stuff. I love that. Right. I do too. I mean, I look back at the books that, that I have that I kind of go back that are my go-tos, you know, yep. my favorites and what I've saved and, and underlined and, and things like that. And um, we're going to take a break in one minute, but it, it did make me think about choices. And in chapter two, you talk about that, the choices that we make, um, things that we do that cultivate and create our lives. And we really are making those choices. And it, and it made me think like, what am I spending my time on? You Doing. know, yeah. What is, what is important? And, you know, it's, it's made me, question, like, I really do want to spend more time with friends and, and I don't want to work 10, 12 hours a day, which I've found myself <laughs> doing, you know, but the choices that we make are are important. I, you know, I, I believe so too. And there's two stories in that book, uh, Quade Garino and, and Brian J. Esposito. And they really talk about the choices that they made. Um, one made a choice to give up baseball and become a huge entrepreneur um, and, and Quaid talks about his journey from high school into college and the choices he made there. And so it's, it's, yeah, the, the choices when you, when you really follow the steps of this book and you start out thinking about trusting your heart and so forth and navigating, choosing how you spend your time is super important. It is. We're going to dig in more in the next segment. Stay with me through the short break. My guest today, Elizabeth Hamilton Guarino, and we're talking about her book, The Change Guidebook. And this is the book you're going to need for the rest of your, of your year to make some amazing changes in your life. So stay close. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further 
allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Welcome back. I'm talking with Elizabeth Hamilton Guarino today about her new book, The Change Guidebook. And this is an amazing tool. This is going to be your nightstand book that you're going to keep at your at your nightstand to help you take steps to move forward and become your bravest and boldest self. And she is a, an amazing change master in her own right. So in, in the last segment before the break, we're talking a little bit about our choices and how we're spending our time and getting so tied up in things that aren't important that we miss the good stuff. And you shared a good story of, you know, the guy at the baseball field, you know, not even paying attention to his kid who's hitting the home run and he's on the phone, you know, it just, and I'm so, so many people have been in that situation where they're trying to do one thing, you know, multitasking, like, How do you go through your day where you make the choice of, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to benefit me. This is going to be where I get like the most bang for my buck, you know, and not get sidetracked. You know, the one good thing about that story is he was all in with his phone call. And that's what I would say. Go all in with your moments. So whatever it is you, that you choose to do, do it a hundred and whatever percent you want to do it, but go all in on that moment because you're not going to get the moment back. Once it's gone, it's gone. And so how you spend them. And I, you know, I think about, um, there's a word that sometimes people, it crosses my path every once in a while where I, I the, the word's entitled. And I'll say, you know, we are not entitled to time. And if you think about it like that, I don't mean to go all down on it, you know, like, oh, you're not entitled to time or anything, but you're not. And so if you think about it like that and frame it positively going, well, okay, I'm not entitled to time. So let's just say for fun's sake, I have this much time. What am I going to do? Like, what do I actually want to do with my day when I wake up? What do I want to do at three o'clock at five o'clock? You know, and it doesn't have to be all planned or anything like that, but just some, some method to your time. Time management is huge in my in my book, because, you know, I just know that feeling of like, oh, I almost am not here. And so to me, every moment is super precious. It is. And I find myself in that same place, like, wow, you know, I'm just, I, I, I wasn't there. I really want to enjoy every moment. And I want to incorporate more things that make me happy, that nourish me rather than spend time on those other things that don't. So I guess you really have to be discerning, right? Yeah. I think, you know, you want to be filled up with happiness instead of feeling like you're depleting, running, you know, like running with no gas in the tank. And I think a lot of us run with no gas in the tank at the expense of ourselves. And I know that feeling too, by the way, you know, I, it's why I feel like I can write about it a lot is because, you know, I've had that job before where I flew, you know, thousands of miles all across the country with two small kids at home, um, just burning the candle everywhere. And, you know, I feel like I have um, food allergies as a result of doing that. And when I made the change to say, you know what, I am not going to work anymore 
from this job anyway, I'm going to do something else from home and, and so forth. I got so much um, feedback. <laughs> I'll say it politely feedback from people like, Oh, you don't want to be a stay at home mom. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. You know, everybody's, everybody's always offering up their advice and feedback. And I think there's a really good personal filtration system that needs to go through when, when anybody ever says like, you know, you really should, it's like, ah, sound the alarms and put on the filtration system because it's what they want for you. Maybe not what you want for you. And so it's very important to think with your heart, to be authentic, understand that you go where you place your energy and that when you align all of that, anything's possible. Right. That's good advice. And as you're going through this, this process, I guess, cause this, this takes time, you know, it's not something that that's going to happen overnight and you're making these choices, you know, sometimes the choice that you have to make would be, well, maybe I don't want to spend as much time with this person, you know, like people are not kind of fitting in to your life as, as they did before. How have you handled or, or counseled people to deal with, you know, coming up with resistance from friends and family or making that choice that, you know, I, I can't spend this much time with you. Like it's hard to break up with a friend, right? It, I think it is. maybe even harder than a relationship. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> if it's like a long, like a long-term friendship and things morph and change. Um, I, I just think it's interesting what happens to the the residual effect, like what happens to the people around you when you start making these changes. Yeah. The, the, the boundary jumpers, um, keeping the boundary jumpers in check or keeping something, uh, you know, a naysayer in check, you know, any of those, you know, it doesn't have to be negative either. It could be, you know, somebody just wants to have fun all the time with you and you just, just can't be that fun all the time. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's all over the map with people. And again, um, it's, I think it's really important to take a, a look at who's around you. Uh, especially maybe the closest five to two people around you and think about the, think about it from there. And I'm not here. The one thing I'm not here to do is tell people what to do. I think what I'd rather do is get people thinking and let people make their own choices and decisions, but maybe frame it in such a way. It's like, okay, we'll take a look at that. You know, how's that working out for you? Are you willing to take a look at that? You know, and that's part of it too. Sometimes people aren't willing to take a look at, you know, how to, how their family impacts them. For example, that's a tough one. It is. It's, it's hard. Tough. I mean, I've I've seen it just around around people that I know, even in my own life, you know, and and I think you have to be gentle with yourself when friendships kind of morph yeah. and change. And I think they do. That's just like the nature of things. And I've had people come in and out of my life and I don't have any ill will towards them or anything like no. that. And sometimes you can even circle around and reconnect and, and sometimes not, you know, yeah. I, think, I think, I just think it's important to just be kind to people, you know, yeah. people come in and out of your life for whatever reason. And the importance is to, to leave them better off than they were when they, when you first encountered them, don't leave them worse off than they were, leave them better off than they were. And then you've, then you've, then you're all right. You know, they they apply kindness and compassion and, and grace and maybe even collaboration to all you meet. I think that is advice I would give. Take a step back. And even if you're mad at someone, you know, I think that like, even when you like don't see eye to eye, you can always see heart to heart. 
Yes. I like that. That's good. I've tried to be gentle with myself on that because sometimes I feel that, oh, I'm, I'm a bad friend. You know, I haven't seen this person in a while and I, I care about them. Maybe it's just circumstances that we weren't able to get together. And my husband always gives me a hard time. He's like, you say yes to everything. And because I try to like see as many people as I can or make people happy. And sometimes it's just not possible. Yeah you know, to do that. And so to be gentle with yourself too, in those situations and like, you only have a limited amount of time to, yeah. to do things, you know, and kind and of pick and choose. And you're, you're the core of it. You know, you're the CEO <laughs> of you. And, you know, yes. sometimes that, that is hard, you know, in fact, just last night I was texting one of my friends who's been my friend since kindergarten. And I said, you know, bad friend here. I haven't talked to you for a while, you know, kind of thing. Forgive me. Yeah. And that, that diffuses, you know, the, I'm so mad at you, you know, and, and she's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, we've been doing our own stuff. And, and, and she was like, you know, I'm just as bad. I didn't, I didn't call either. So it's all right. But, you know, those kindness sandwiches are, are sometimes good too. <laughs> and just, and just like always that. remember to just give yourself a giant hug and, and, but you, you will, you do what you want to do. You know, you're going to, you're going to place your energy where you want to place it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe you are stretched, you know, maybe you are just too popular, Diane. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of it that way, but yeah. it's just maybe I'm a good spending thing. time doing this other stuff when I should be seeing these other well, people, but it's hard to have that balance. You know, it is, it is a challenge. People need that. You know, Chris Fuller and I were talking about, you know, I asked her, I said, you know, with losing your husband and so forth, do you need that time to just you have no people around you so you can think and, and pause and so forth and be real quiet so you can hear yourself. It's like, oh, I'm so opposite. I need people around me. I love, I love people. I love networking. I love doing things. And so, so there's, you know, you have to remember there's personality at play here too. That just might be your personality and that's what fuels you. And that's cool. Right, right. There's a great exercise talking about, you know, being gentle and being gentle with yourself. There's an exercise in the book where you have people pick their power words, yes. you know, and also work on affirmations. And I like that. I was like looking through pick, picking words. And I mean, you uh, had a, a Hay House book. You're way very familiar with Louise Hay and affirmations yes. and, you know, how we talk to ourselves, which is, is interesting because before I, I worked at Hay House, I never really thought about how I talk to myself or affirmations. Yeah. I might have probably thought they were silly and stupid, but now I think it's really important. I mean, what do you think about that? Our self-talk and how we can yeah. establish some really positive affirmations that are beneficial. Powerful, powerful things because um, there's a difference. Like if you, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, I'm so... I'll just, I'll just do one. I, I do this sometimes. You have to stop myself. You know, like, oh, I'm 52. There's those 11s. I'm allergic to Botox. <laughs> oh, I wish I didn't have food allergies. Oh, my God. I wish I'd grow to be 5'8". I'm 52. You know, whatever it is. I need to lose 20 pounds. Everything. You can go on and on and on and on and on with self-talk. And, and it can be a variety of type. But if you look in the mirror and you say, you know, I'm loved. I'm lovable. I'm fabulous. I am joy. I am, you know, there's that's such a different vibration of energy you give to yourself. Uh, Chris Fuller and I did an exercise um, 
we did a percolate daily exercise every day for about six months where we got up in the morning and we did five minutes of affirmations and breathing with, you know, like we did joyful January and we're like, I am joy. I am. And we led people through five minutes of just simple, positive energy. People got, so they were doing that with their kindergarten classrooms on zoom and just, oh, my whole outlook's changed. I feel energized. I feel positive. I just think there's a huge difference. Louise Hay was brilliant in doing that. Yes, she <laughs> Absolutely was. Absolutely brilliant. Yep. And I think saying it out loud is is kind of powerful too, to just like put it oh, out there to the yes. universe, you know? Don't you like, think so? Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think anytime you, um, even if you're saying it to yourself, listen to me and you say it out loud, fabulous. If, if you have little kids, um, if you have family or whatever, and you know, it's like, I am, I'm happy. I am, I am positive. I am loved. I'm lovable, whatever it is, even with goals too. Once you say it out loud, it becomes real. Yeah. I you like can that. show up for you too. And you know, like I am joyful. Oh, you want to be joyful today. Okay, let's do it. You know, it's a, it's a way to just completely do a, a gratitude flip. Right. And you've brought up gratitude a, a couple of times. And I think people throw that around sometimes, not really, you know, internalizing like, oh, what, what do I have to be grateful for? You know, they'll just yeah. give it up. And you can start with something, you know, just being aware of, well, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I have this nice cup of coffee. Well, it's cold now, but. <laughs> no, my tea's cold too. Yeah. Grateful for that. And it, it can it can start small to kind of cultivate gratitude, right? Oh, I think so. Yeah, and just take a take a deep breath and be grateful for breath. And I know this one for sure. Um, you know, deep breath in, deep breath out. Be grateful for breath. Uh, I'm grateful for things. It's it's the everyday things that you skip over and take for granted to be grateful for. Uh, grateful for glasses. I'm negative nine fifty or so in each eye. I mean, terrible eyesight. I'm so grateful for contacts and glasses. You have no idea. Um, sometimes I want to go back and do a little more research and be like, who invented all of this technology for, <laughs> you know, I'm so grateful for glasses. But you can do little things like that. And it it changes your perspective so that when something does happen, like, you know, you look outside and your tire's flat, you're like, okay, not such a big deal. You know, the, there's a perspective there. Right. For it sure. Definitely will help you shift that. You yeah. Know, shift that perspective. So another thing I notice that people have a hard time with when they're starting on a path or a path to change is that they don't want to ask for help. You know, oh, I'm I'm an island. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm a lone wolf. I can do this myself. And we really do need we need friends. We need help. And oh, yeah. you know, I think people equate that sometimes with failure. I mean, how can you reframe that? Well, I like to think of it like this. Um, and I am very aware. I think that even I've had this before. You're like, oh, I need I need help. And I'm like, oh, people are going to perceive that as I could just I'm completely don't know what I'm doing or whatever. But here's the thing about help. People, we all have gaps in our knowledge. Not There's not, if, if I'm misspeaking here, you let me know. If you know everything and you're great at it, you holler. I want to meet you and put you on the radio show with me and let's have a chat because I got a lot to learn from you. But, you know, as far as I know, it's best ever you, not perfect ever you. And as far as I know, 
everybody doesn't know everything. And so that makes people brilliant to me because another person's strength fills in your weakness or your strength fills in theirs. And it's so cool. People are fascinating. And if you just, if you just stop for a minute and just say, what's something I don't know about you that you're, that you're talented at, or what's something that you love to do? What's a hobby of yours? People will tell you and share and you'd be surprised what they can do. That's so true. And I think just acknowledging like, look, I, I don't know everything, obviously I'm going to need help with, with a lot of things. And I I always say like, I don't know anything, (laughs) you know, like people, (laughs) people will look will look at you and go, well, you've read all these books and talked to these people. You must be like this super spiritual. No, I'm like, there's so many learning. (laughs) Yes. And I think I will always, I hope I always have that curiosity and, and want to learn forever and I would never think that I know so much more than someone else. And I think that's a big mistake with with people when they're asking for help, especially like with computer stuff. Like we're all learning new things. Who knew we'd have to live our lives on Zoom, you yeah. know, a couple of years ago? We don't know this stuff. You know, people are having to be TV producers and learn how to go on camera and, and all of this. Lighting. Of this is new. Yeah, lighting. Who lighting. Knew? I, mean, ah, I had yeah. to buy one of those ring lights, you know? <laughs> no, who knew but, who you'd be lighting your house to be on to camera? Yeah, who knew we, we would be living in this kind yeah. of new reality? But just to be, be gentle with yourself that you don't know, it's okay yeah. to ask. I don't think there's any really dumb, you know, I'm sure there's dumb questions, but don't be hard on yourself, I guess. I think people beat themselves up that they don't know you know, yeah. you don't know what you don't know, I guess. And and the flip side of that too, is if you do know something and somebody asks you, you know, the, the know-it-all needs to go away because, you know, people are asking you for a reason. So give that person some compassion and fill in their gap for sure. And the other thing, you know, we, I talked on and on about this in the book too. I was just like, okay, this is an opportunity. You always have an opportunity to learn, be that lifelong learner and crave it and find the people who can teach you things. And they will. And if they won't, Okay, move on. Find somebody else who knows that. But you know, the there's to me there's so much beauty in someone who already knows the flight path. And if you can sort of tap into that and and learn and get mentored or whatever that you, you need, brilliant. Especially if you're like I, I was thinking about Quaid with this uh, just actually two days ago. Um, I have a friend named Mark Rinaldi on LinkedIn. And he owns this company and he's somebody I wanted to go to work for years ago. I'm like, oh, and he said, no, you got to keep doing best ever you. I'm sending you back, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I love you and I love all you're doing, but no, you're going back to do what you meant, were meant to do. And I helped him a little bit and that was that. But he he and Quaid connected. And I'm like, Quaid, Mark knows the flight path for what you're trying to do. Here's a person who will teach you and show up for you. And he's got that mentorship and so forth. And they've connected in LinkedIn over the past two days and it's been a hoot. That's so great. Yeah. So he's turned out to be a great mentor role model for your son. And then he'll benefit from his knowledge. Yeah. And they're just starting. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but you know, and it's, it's not necessarily for a job or anything like that, but there's nothing cooler than being a 20 year old, you know, kid, I'll say, because he's my kid. <laughs> and and having, you know, a, a 50 or 60 year old person actually listen to your ideas with 
compassion and understanding and and not be condescending. It means a lot. I think back to some mentors and, you know, especially for women, like there was one woman when I was first coming up in my radio career and I had never worked for a female boss before. Like she was the program director running the station and she was a big mentor for me at that time because she kind of took, took me under the wing. And I think we kind of owe it to other people coming up. You know, if you can share some knowledge and help someone else, then we would all benefit, right? The yeah. old thing of the the tide, the rising tide floats the boat. Or yeah. What is it? Rising tide floats all boats. Something like that. So, yeah. I don't know which one it is, but yeah, no, it's, it's that. But yeah. Like and, that. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's how you take a book like this and change the world. You change yourself, you change other people, you change the world, you know, you, you change someone's path. Yeah. And I, I think back to people who uh, have changed my life, you included, you know, I, I really remember calling you a few times and saying, Diane, I'm a little lost here. I'm a little scared to call you too. And, and having you be all, you know, compassionate and showing me. Oh, that's do, nice you know? to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've loved our chats here and there, even, you know, being on, on your show right now, you know, we've stayed connected. It's really important to me. I'm grateful. It is. It's important that we help each other because I think the uh, the idea that a lot of people have, especially for women, helping each other is like you know the cat fight and, <laughs> yeah. and, and like the throwdown. <laughs> yeah, the throwdown, and maybe that has been true in, in some cases in the past. But yeah. I think women are kind of waking up to that. It's like we're you know we're here to help each other and, and try as as best you can. I mean, you can't help everybody, but. Yeah. It shouldn't be about competition. It should be cooperation. What's well, nice to see us get it into the roles where we can turn around and help other people. It's pretty cool when you see people, you know, women CEOs and women managers and women VPs and, you know, chief is a, there's a, there's a networking group. Um, you see, you know, best ever you and, you know, all we do for, for women and, and uh, t- we've had, we have people who've grown up with us now. We have teenagers who've been on the show who, yeah, it's so cool. It makes me, and their stories are in the book, by the way, like Sarah Cronk is an example of a teenager who's grown up with best ever you and her and, um, and you know, her story's in the book. That's awesome. So So, um, so positive. And even the woman that wrote the forward, we should mention uh, Sherry Salata. I mean, wow. Kind of like the, the, the woman behind, you know, behind the person, behind the person, you know, all successful people have great people and, who was she, you know, really helping along the way? Oprah, like this you yeah. know, huge icon. You know, you know how I met Sherry. I love, okay. I love social media. That's no secret, but I, I love Twitter. That's no secret either. And I didn't know who Sherry giggles at this. I didn't know who Sherry was from, you know, I didn't know Oprah. I didn't look, I didn't anything. All I saw was this gorgeous hair and, and that she was from Iowa. And I'm like, I tweeted, tweeted to her. I'm like, Hey, Hawkeye. I'm from Iowa too. You know, I love your hair. And that's how we know each other. Isn't that funny? Just from a tweet? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if the tweet was exactly like that, but you know, yeah. it, was, it was pretty much like that. Yeah. But then when you found out who she was, you're like, oh my gosh, what the- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, you know, accomplished person. Well, I, I clarified. I'm like, oh my goodness. I didn't, you know, it, it, there's no real cool way to say that either. Like, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know, you know, I, I'm fumbling for words and I'm like, okay, I didn't know what role you had with Oprah. And that's not my intention here. I was just really trying to actually just 
find out what color fellow that Hawkeye. Is. <laughs> yeah, fellow Hawkeye. That's so, awesome. And yeah, it's great she, that she she wrote such a, a nice forward to the book. What was one of your favorite chapters or stories in the book? So the the answer is all of them, really. <laughs> it's hard to pick one. Um I I toss back and forth between all of them, but let's pick one to talk about. And I think Olympia Snow would be a good one. So uh, former U.S. Senator Olympia J. Snow stories in the book, and um, she runs the Olympia Snow Women's Leadership Institute here in Maine. And what a fabulous organization it is. Um, she picks mentors, adult mentors, to go into the schools and mentor up to five girls in each grade in the schools here. And so I, my, I have seniors now that are graduating. <laughs> and I have, I have one girl who graduated early and she's in college now, but the girls are um, in need of us mentors. And, um, but her story in the book is about uh, her being orphaned and her journey to where she is today and how, how much of a, an impact her Institute makes. She's so accomplished and just oh. such an amazing role model. And that that work is so important what she's doing because i think a lot of times the the images and the voices out there for young girls are are not the best not really accurate it's been so fun to talk with you about this i love this book i think it's really going to help a lot of people and as this is the launch week what do you hope as you push the baby out of the nest you know and, and you've got the book out there you know what do you really hope people take away from it yeah you know, i hope people take a sense of peace in change. Finding finding peace in change is my big thing that I would love people to do. But, you know, align. I, I want to see stories actually from people. <laughs> I love to see stories of how, how the book helped uh, them, them through whatever it is, um, any moment in their life. But, you know, I, I, I would love to hear from people, I think. And what's That's the my best thing. way? Besteveryou.com is the site. And can they email you directly from there? Of course. Yeah. I, I think um, that's probably easiest um, is to go to besteveryou.com. You can join our network. We're a network of about 8,000 strong. And we also have a big Facebook group called Best Ever You with Elizabeth and Chris. And um, you can always join our community. My mom says that all that's missing is the kitchen sink. So if you join us and have a kitchen sink, bring it in. We're good. <laughs> and um, you can always email me at Elizabeth at besteveryou.com too. That's so perfect. Thank you so much for spending time Thank with you. us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. 
Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.